Welcome to the MCW Office of Faculty Affairs podcast. Hello, my name is Christina Rungi, and I'm Associate Provost for MCW's Office of Faculty Affairs. The OFA team created this podcast to provide information on topics that support your careers and help you flourish as a faculty member at MCW. Welcome to today's podcast. Today, we're talking to Dave Evans, the Administrative Manager of the Office of Faculty Affairs. Hi, Dave. Hi, Chris. Thanks very much for having me. Great to be here. Of course. Oh, thank you so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge with us today. And so the topic for this podcast is the promotion pathways at MCW. So um, why don't you, could you go ahead and just start us off by um, just giving us a brief orientation to exactly what the pathways are that we have here? Yeah, absolutely. So at MCW, there are four promotion paths. Um, One is called uh, traditional, and this is kind of geared towards those with uh, independent research funding, um, sort of publishing their own research and kind of driving those research questions. We have a path called research path. Now, the difference there is that uh, faculty on the research path are much more focused on uh, working on other projects. So they may be co-eyes or co-PIs, very highly skilled researchers, uh, skilled kind of project scientists, but perhaps are not driving, uh, don't run their own lab and are sort of contributing to other uh, research projects all across the college. Uh, We have a path called the clinician educator slash educator. Um, This is the vast majority of MCW's faculty. So these are faculty who are if they have clinical responsibilities are in the clinic and then would have educational responsibilities, teaching students or precepting, grand rounds, those kind of pieces. Uh, for those that aren't in the clinic, they are perhaps based in uh, a community setting and perhaps running uh, research out of those uh, areas, or they may be much more heavily involved in education and perhaps running uh, educational programs uh, and some of the administration of those educational programs uh, as well. And then finally, the fourth path is the clinician administrator path uh, slash administrator. Again, doesn't require you being in the clinical setting, but for those that are, they're typically doing a lot of clinical work. And then the focus is on the innovative clinical work that they're doing and how that they are translating that um, into uh, the clinic as well as disseminating that information. And the administrator section of that path focuses on those that might be involved in, for example, hospital administration or running those types of programs and how they are using uh, an academic and scholarly approach to those programs. Oh, fantastic. So really the common thread for all of these pathways and for academic promotion is the academic contribution piece, correct? And that's kind of what differentiates this from, from other hospital or clinical or other environments, right? It's really about academic productivity for each pathway. Yep, absolutely, exactly. And so each uh, each of the committees really look at what is that scholarly contribution. Now, MCW's criteria, which is on the Faculty Affairs website, um, is fairly broad in how you apply that. So there is lots of room for faculty in all sorts of different uh, career trajectories to apply what they do and how they approach everything in an academic scholarly way and have that count towards the different parts of those criteria. Okay, yeah, great. And I think, so it's really, it sounds very flexible. I I hear sometimes feedback that 
um, it's confusing or I don't know what I need to do to get promoted, I think our questions probably, I'm sure you hear too, um, but that's sort of by design as well. We don't want to say you need 30 publications to get promoted, right? So we want to be pretty flexible so that we can represent the, the wide variety and contributions of, fac of our faculty, but they do need to be, as you say, they need to be scholarly, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So there's certainly a lot of appreciation for all of the, the work that everybody does here. But yeah, the, for this promotion process, it really is focused on that academic work. Uh, you know, we're a medical college and how are we, uh, you know, using those roles? How are we disseminating the information to, to colleagues, to students, to the community? Um, you know, how are we getting uh, that information out? Fantastic. So, um, is there a differentiation among the pathways for um, for tenure, for example, what's eligible for tenure? Because it's not it's not automatically granted as it is in some other places, correct? Do you want to talk about that piece a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So as you say, at some institutions, it is automatically granted, often with that promotion to associate professor. So that is not the case here at MCW. It's uh, an uncoupled mechanism. And so it's a separate award and it's a separate request it can be submitted at the same time as you uh, go up for promotion. So it can be combined. It is only available on two of the paths though. So uh, as you say, it's important to point out that the traditional and the clinician educator educator path um, are the two that are eligible for tenure. And so the administrator and the research path are not eligible to receive tenure when, they, when you're on those paths. Okay, that's good to know. So for faculty who are new to MCW, um, how, how do they go about selecting a pathway? How do they know what's the right one for them? Yeah, that's a great question. We have uh, a lot of resources on the Faculty Affairs website. So if you go to InfoScope and search Faculty Affairs, we have a section that's called Appointments and Promotions, and it has each of the four paths there, as well as the criteria for each path. So that will give you a sense of what would be expected of you as you go up for that associate professor uh, promotion, or if you're already an associate, it also has the professor as well. A lot of our new assistant professors have a pathway in your offer letter, uh, so it might be suggested by the department that you might be on a certain path, but not necessarily. So if you don't have one, that's not a problem. Uh, you can select one as an assistant professor. You can simply let us know, or it's often the case that we you know, don't formally see that until you're actually going up for promotion, but we certainly recommend having that pathway in mind at least a few years ahead of your actual uh, expected promotion so that you know what the criteria is and that you can, uh, you know, tailor your materials and collect the right information uh, for that promotion uh, at Associate Professor. Oh, yeah. And I imagine that this would be something, should be an ongoing discussion with with mentoring teams, with leaders, with the chair, you know, their division chiefs and things like that for faculty to sort of, you know, have, have this discussion and make this decision. And if it's going to be a little different than what was the offer letter, but, you know, kind of see what the career trajectory is and make sure that the pathway is fitting what, what their career looks like. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, switching those paths as well is a fairly straightforward uh, mechanism. As assistant professor, really, you can kind of head towards whichever pathway you would like. Um, and it's also the case that you might get promoted on one pathway at associate and then find that your career has kind of changed and you meet another pathway uh, when you go for professor. So that's completely fine to switch at those two points, those prom promotion points. 
You can, if you wish, change paths midway through, although we tend to uh, recommend that the pathway change be uh, at the same time as a promotion in rank, just because it does require a, putting together a full packet if you do just want to change your pathway kind of midway through as an associate professor. So to kind of save having to put all of that effort into a packet, uh, you might as well do it as you're going up for promotion in rank as well. But again, that can just be stated in your uh, your chair or your director's letter as, uh, as part of that promotion packet. Okay, great. So it does, I mean, I, I do like that there's a lot of flexibility in this and it's really about making sure that the, the pathways are right for the faculty um, and kind of represent that the work, the work that they do. So I do appreciate that. Um, wonderful. So if we're talking about um, going from assistant to associate, so we'll, we'll kind of focus on folks who maybe haven't gone through it yet. <laughs> what are the what are the frequently asked questions that you get? Maybe we've already covered some, but you know, since you do the one on one uh, meetings with faculty, um, what what are the types of questions that you get? Well, I think the the main question I get from faculty is how to approach the portfolio. That certainly seems uh, an intimidating document that is often part of our uh, promotion process. Um, and really, it's not intended to be this uh, difficult uh, and, and you know, large effort uh, document. It really is just intended to be sort of a supplemental uh, piece that goes alongside your CV. In terms of preparing your CV, uh, you know, I think our main recommendation is to try and keep it updated. Um, if you are spending at least, uh, you know, once a year or twice a year, just going in and making note of, talks you've given or classes you taught or different kind of uh, publications that you may have had, um, keeping that up to date is uh, going to be really helpful to you rather than having to go back and try to kind of recreate data from four or five years ago. Uh, and it can be helpful in terms of a, an annual review with a chief or a chair uh, and just kind of keeping up to date with the, the activities that you've been doing. The portfolio is really just kind of a graphical representation of some of the your interests as a faculty member and some of the pieces that you're really focused on. So we typically recommend somewhere between two to four kind of areas of focus. You know, perhaps it's in education, perhaps it's in community engagement, or perhaps it's clinical innovation. Uh, whatever kind of areas that you're interested in and have a lot of, uh, you know, that you want to kind of get across your impact that you've been making at MCW, those are kind of the areas to focus on. And again, it should be fairly brief. Um, we recommend, you know, five to 10 pages somewhere in there. Uh, we recommend where you can collect data and present that graphically. Um, we have a lot of examples on our faculty affairs website. People just use very simple graphs, doesn't have to be complicated, doesn't have to, uh, you don't have to have a graphical uh, design degree. You can use Excel. You can use very simple charts, uh, things like that, just to kind of represent. Sometimes it's clinical data. Sometimes it's your teaching evaluations or just other kind of input that you receive. And, you know, and ask yourself, how do you uh, measure the impact that you make in your in your work? And that's the kind of information the committee is looking for in those in those documents. Okay, great. When you said that we do um, have resources on the faculty affairs website. And so what we have, um, so I think that the faculty um, uh, career development committee in collaboration with OFA um, came up with some templates. I think you all, you worked on that as well. So 
and, and so if you're really brand new, <laughs> there are some examples, but but do you want to talk a little bit about the templates and things that, that we provide now too? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we have some guidelines on there with some sample sections that you might want to consider adding to your portfolio. And I think there are about 10 different examples. So obviously way more examples than you would want to include in your own portfolio, but uh, they kind of give you a sense of lots of different areas of focus that our faculty work in and different ways that they might want to represent their work in the portfolio. So we have a guideline, we have a, a word template that you can use and you can just plug in your information to it. And then we have other examples of faculty that have already been through the process and what their portfolios look like. And hopefully, even if it's not exactly your department or your path, even just seeing those different kinds of examples might give you uh, a little bit of an idea or kind of spark some interest in in a way that you could present your own information in a similar way. And there's certainly no no rule against using those examples. They're there for a reason, they're there for you to use. So uh, feel free to kind of use exactly the same kind of formats that have uh, been used before. Right, oh, fantastic. Um, so, uh, and what are the support, so that's great. There, I think there are a lot of supportive resources around the portfolio in particular. And I know that faculty development days that OFA is hosting as well, we do go through um, the portfolio and the CV and things like that so we can get some hands-on in addition to you providing one-on-one, -on -one, correct? So if someone wants to come and talk to you about this, they could come with nothing and you'll help them or they could even plop something in front of you, right? Yep, absolutely. Uh, the whole range, uh, it can be, if you just have questions, if you haven't prepared anything and just kind of want to know where to start, feel free to kind of reach out to me and make uh, make a, an appointment with me and we can go through uh, your questions about the process, how you choose a pathway, what kind of feels relevant. We can talk about the criteria as well, as well as, you know, I certainly look at a lot of people's materials before they're about to submit it to the department uh, for that formal review as well. And so I try to provide feedback on all of those different pieces. So whatever it is, feel free to reach out to me. Wonderful. And so what uh, I'll, I'll spend just a moment here touching on the CV again. Um, what are the supportive resources around the CV? So I know we have the faculty collaboration database, for example. And and so how, how do you leverage that CV? It's a little tight, you know, and it's, you know, we have the headings and things like that, but there is still some flexibility built in. So what are your FAQs or tips and tricks about maintaining the CV? Yeah, so maintaining the CV and, you know, so MCW has its own format as do many other uh, institutions. And unfortunately, we don't have sort of a, a national format that they all follow. So they all look a little bit different. But it is, uh, particularly when you put your promotion packet in, it is important to use MCW's format really to help the committee navigate your CV because these CVs can get very long. They're cumulative of your career. And so somebody, particularly associates going to full, these CVs can often run, you know, 10 to 15 pages and have long bibliographies at the back. So it is important that everybody in the committee sees your impact by being able to pull it out in, in exactly the same spot. So being easy to read is kind of one of the main things about the CV. We recommend using a pretty clear font and, and not get too cluttered and not really add a lot of graphical options to those CVs. You did mention the faculty collaboration database. That's a tool that people can use. And so I think if you don't already have a CV in the works, you don't have a Word version, you can certainly use that and the outputs into MCW CV format. But some faculty simply find having a Word version just uh, on their desktop or easily uh, that they can access and just add things as and when uh, they are publishing or whether they're going on a talk, something like that. 
uh, just to kind of keep that updated uh, and so that you're not sort of trying to recreate the wheel sort of years later and add into that CV. So whatever works really for the faculty member, whatever's the easiest for them to kind of update on a regular basis is going to be the best format for the CV. What uh, pathways are um, require a portfolio and CV? Like what's required to submit for the different pathways? Yeah, that's a great question. So a CV is required for each pathway. So uh, regardless which path, we are going to want to see an up-to-date academic CV. It's always useful to stick uh, the dates in the top right-hand corner so that we know when the last time the CV was updated. And then the portfolio can be submitted for any of the four paths. Um, so it can be useful on any of the paths, but we certainly recommend it. And really, the committee expects to see one if you're on the clinician administrator or the clinician educator path. Uh, those are two paths that, uh, by their design, really sort of are helped by seeing more of that context that the CV doesn't necessarily give. And so that's the purpose of the portfolio, to really kind of show your impact in those kind of arenas. Now, we do receive them for the research and traditional paths as well. Uh, and even if that's just a short one or two page kind of supplement to the CV, it can be helpful to really tell your story as a faculty member and to focus the committee on your key impacts and key focus areas at NCW. Okay. Oh, that's great. So far, we've talked paths, portfolio, and CV. I want to ask you some questions about referees. So when we talk about the packets that are put together, that's a big question. Um, so do you want to just give us the overview of the process with referees and how, how do people go about finding them and identifying yeah, them? Yeah, great question. So for each of the paths, and again, this information is on the Faculty Affairs website, uh, each path will have a certain number of what's called internal referees and a certain number of external referees. So the difference between those two, internal is considered anybody that uh, is at MCW right now or has been within the last five years. So that's anyone that you would typically be working with at MCW. It would also include anyone that has an adjunct appointment at MCW. Um, so anyone that has that uh, affiliation with MCW is considered uh, internal referees. External referees is basically everybody else at another institution. They do need to have an academic title. Um, and so all of the referees need to be at the rank that you're applying for. So if you're going for associate professor, all of your referees need to already be associate professors. And then external would just be that there's no affiliation with MCW. Now, there can be affiliation with you. You can know your referees. Some institutions are very strict about that and, uh, you know, really kind of make you explain what that relationship is with them and if you've written a grant together or you published together. But NCW doesn't have any rules like that. Um, so you can know them, but you don't have to know them is the other uh, part of that as well. Uh, the solicitation process is done entirely by the Office of Faculty Affairs. The faculty member is not responsible for asking for those letters or, or even reaching out to them. So you don't have to know them. They might just be a prominent person in the field that might be best placed to assess your work and your packet and that gets sent to them from the office of faculty affairs so really you don't need to kind of worry too much about that whole process um, just having enough names and you'll submit those as part of your promotion packet and then really our office does all of that legwork for you and you know if you're still sort of having trouble coming up with those names i'd certainly encourage you to talk to your chair or your chief because they will also be able to identify key people in the field that might be good uh, or people that they know will be a good resource to talk about your particular area of interest or focus. 
great. And I know you, you, I noticed you said that uh, if you're going up for from assistant to associate, that the referees need to be associate, but at least associate, right? So is there any benefit to full professors or, you know, at least associate and then maybe professor as well? Is there any benefit to a mix of that? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, you know, the committee is really using that list, those letters that come back in to get a sense of where you uh, stand in the field. What's your reputation outside, both inside of MCW, so those are the internal referees, and then outside of MCW in the field at large. So professionally, where do you stand? So if you're able to get chairs of departments or professors at other institutions who uh, you know will will speak highly of your work and, and, and praise it that obviously goes a long way with the committee because it immediately gives them a good sense of where you stand in the field so where that's possible and it's not always possible at that first promotion but if you do know people like that that will be able to write letters for you um, then they're a great choice as well okay oh fantastic now like you said MCW is a little unique in that uh, you can you can know your referees, you can have worked with them in the past. We don't really have some hard and fast rules. Um, but is there a such thing as um, someone being too close and you might not want to ask them to be a referee because maybe some people think, all right, there's just a little, a little too closely related. So is there a cases like that? Yeah, there can be. I mean, I would certainly sort of, uh, you know, picture what that referee is going to say in that opening paragraph, because a lot of these letter writers will introduce themselves and introduce that relationship. So if somebody begins the letter by saying, you know, I've known this person for 30 years, uh, we were in each other's weddings and, uh, you know, I couldn't say a bad word about them, then the committee is certainly going to take that letter with uh, a pinch of salt and, uh, and you know, and perhaps is less helpful when the committee is trying to assess your academic uh, and scholarly qualifications. And sometimes maybe if they've been your mentor for many years or, or some other things where they actually have a little bit of an interest in your success as well. And so, so that's just, there's a little nuance there, but again, I think that um, that's what people can also, you know, talk to you about and, you know, have a one-on-one -on -one and talk to their, their chairs and leaders as well as they're going through this, I imagine, kind of run the list of referees. Yeah, people. get that feedback. I mean, we always recommend getting that peer yeah. uh, peer feedback or if there's anyone who's uh, in your departmental committee or has been on one of the MCW committees, uh, you know, have them give the feedback on, on who the people you might be ask, thinking of asking. Yeah, fantastic. That's wonderful, Dave. Well, I think, um, and, and I guess one last question. So when, when they're submitting a list of referees as part of the promotion packet to the department and then to faculty affairs, if we say, for example, you need four internal and three external, I'm making this up, um, do you want only four names and only three names or do we want more yep, than that? Great question. Always good to add an extra name or two. Um, you know, these people, particularly at MCW, they're all being asked to write lots and lots of letters. And so uh, as soon as we get the minimum number of letters for what uh, what you need, uh, that's when we can schedule your file to be reviewed. So if we can get to that minimum number faster by having a couple extra names that we can contact, that definitely helps the file. All right. Last question. <laughs> I keep asking more. Um, we value mentoring here at MCW so much. We know how much time that takes, and it's a really big part of our academic productivity and the education and the, the research and, and uh, community engagement missions. And um, and so how, how do we annotate or how do you document mentoring as part of your package? Yep, it's a really good question. And I think one that uh, has been difficult for faculty to really kind of quantify and, and see that. 
Uh, I would uh, recommend going to the Faculty Affairs website again. Uh, there is a section there that our uh, the Faculty Council Career Development Committee and Office of Faculty Affairs help develop that kind of talks about how to put mentoring into your CV or your portfolio. We have some examples on the website, but a format that we're seeing a lot recently and I think is really helpful to committee is in a table format so that you have your different mentees or even uh, your mentors laid out so that you kind of can see who you've been working with, what kind of time uh, you are putting into those relationships. And then sometimes faculty will also list either where perhaps mentees are, you know, did they stay in academia? Did they go into private practice? And then some faculty also list projects that they might have uh, come out of that collaboration. Maybe it's a poster presentation or a talk. And so different ways to kind of show the impact there. It's not required that there be something that come out of those mentoring relationships, but certainly quantifying them is really helpful to the committee because uh, I think it has felt in the past that that is sort of time that is, uh, it's unquantifiable on the CV and the committees aren't aware of that. So make sure that that really is well documented there. Okay, wonderful. Well, Dave, thank you so much for all this fantastic information today. And as you've mentioned a few times, you're available for one-on-one -on -one consultation. We encourage faculty to talk to their mentors, to their department leaders, their promotion tenure uh, committees within their departments as well. And then, of course, so much information on InfoScope on the Faculty Affairs website under appointments and promotions. So thank you again, Dave, for all of this information. And Thanks very much. Day. Great to be here. Thanks, Dave. The OFA pod is produced by the MCW Office of Faculty Affairs. For more information, please search for Faculty Affairs on InfoScope. If you have questions from today's podcast or any topic, please contact us at facultyaffairs at mcw.edu. Thank you for listening.